The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. John Bissett is here with us now. How are you doing? Good, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Now, I'll just introduce you. You are the lead singer and lead guitarist of the American rock band Fixed Fate, based in Lake George in New York. Oh, yeah. And you've got this latest album released together called... Mm -hmm. I'm going to try and say it, but it's a word I've never seen before. Icarus, perhaps. Oh, it's <laughs> that was close. It's um, Icarus. Ah. Uh, it's it's named after. Uh, it's a Greek mythological story about. Um, there's this there's this famous inventor called uh, Daedalus who makes these wings out of wax and feathers, and mm. essentially they're trying to escape this island, and he flies off, and he t- uh, his father tells him not to uh, go up too close to the sun because the wax isn't fully dried yet and it'll melt it. Mm-hmm. So he decides immediately, I'm just going to go all the way up <laughs> and his wings melt. And then he goes back down to the water and it doesn't work out well for him. Essentially he falls out of the sky <laughs> from ignoring what he was told. <laughs> yeah. So why on earth did you decide to call the album that? Is there a particular message that aligns with that um, story? Yeah, it, uh, it's sort of about, I mean, it's a combo of the fact that, you know, it's, so he, he swoops down, goes up, and it, it, it's sort of the two extremes. You can either fly a middle path and be fine, like you were supposed okay. to, or you go super low, super high. Um, yeah. The extremes of that, I guess, is part of what drew me into it. And then if you ignore the warnings, you end up falling out of the sky. Um, yeah. And uh, I tried to... Design, not design, but uh, order the tracks in a way that sort of followed that. It, this might sound wishy-washy, but if it makes sense, um, <laughs> then I guess I'm doing something yeah. right. But I tried to, like, the opening track is kind of heavy, and then it prog- it's only seven tracks, but um, mm. the opening track is heavy, and then it progressively gets softer from tracks two, three, and four, and then five, six, and seven get heavier again, so I tried to have it essentially Ooh. do, you know, like a <laughs> like a swoop yeah. in, its, in its energy. And it deals a lot with... Um, uh, I guess conflict in twos would be the way to put it where like the, mm. the first few songs on the record sort of deal with uh, conflict with friends or just people in your life. And then the middle of the record is sort of focused on conflict in relationships. And it ultimately ends with conflict with your inner self and 
yeah. facing up against the things that you need to change. Yeah. And the fact that the album sort of flows rather than alternating between hard and not so hard, did mm. you kind of plan that for when you started writing the songs or did you just come up with that later and decide to put them in that order after writing and recording? A little a little bit of both. Um mm. Some of the tracks were actually left over from writing in my first album mm. that I did a year in the north because they were they were both recorded within like six months of each other. So it was uh I, I just had a lot of stuff written and then I initially actually it was gonna just be an acoustic EP I was gonna put out and uh mm. I started doing one of the songs uh, track six, the tar pit, and we threw in like uh, this thing called a theremin, which is uh mm. you know, just a wire. You ever see those science fiction things where it goes like woo? And it, like the closer yeah. you get to it, it does that weird uh, mm. effect. But at any rate, it, it sort of got away from us as we started adding in a bunch of crazy extra sounds and electric guitars mm. and all kinds of stuff. And it morphed into, what if we just do a full record instead? And um, yeah. eventually, the there's a lot in there that was unintentional, I guess, with how it mm. fit into the theme. But I think I generally went into it with a thought of, what if we try to follow the energy of if it would you know a certain flight path if that's yeah how you'd go with it if that if that makes sense yeah and how do you actually play a theremin because it all looks like complete nonsense and <laughs> oh it <really> practically is <laughs> <laughs> um it so the way that it works um you i mean I, I have a real cheap one that i got for like a hundred dollars on amazon but um you, yeah. you turn your power knob on and it sets it to a certain frequency and it's literally just an antenna coming out of a box so let, yeah. let's say this is your antenna right here. If, I, if my hand or a guitar neck or whatever it is, just some kind of object is over here, it gives yeah. you sort of a low frequency, like, you know, a, a low whooshing noise. And then as you get closer here, the pitch gets higher. So you literally just, when you go like this, you're changing the frequencies. So you can kind of slowly bring it away. It does this descending sound or you can do like weird shaky stuff. It's, yeah. it's kind of a goofy instrument, but you can get some some evil sounding stuff with it <laughs> yeah absolutely i guess it's for more experimental things i don't know if it's been used in a conventional pop song quite yet but i don't know maybe it has i don't know i'd have to think about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so how did you first get the idea to work hmm. on this album then uh, well, uh i should probably give my credits now um hmm. shout out to kelly kintner down in wichita falls texas um he Ooh. He used to live right up the road from me and I met him after a show I had been playing and he liked mm. some of the songs I was doing and was glad that I was playing original stuff. So he asked mm. me to come in and record. And um, so we did a year in the North, which was kind of intense because it was like 14 days of just go in every day, record as like a song a day as much as possible. And it was, yeah. <laughs> it was the middle of winter. So we had to, like, I was trying to play guitar solos and my hand was like locking up because he had, you know, the place we were recording in, we had to open the stove just to heat the place. <laughs> um, but I eventually wanted to, like I said, it was originally going to be an acoustic EP. So I went in and just wanted to throw something in there and, you know, kind of do at least a, maybe a yearly album release or maybe bi-yearly um, something to just, I always have so many songs written that it's nice to get in and start recording while I had the advantage. Uh, yeah. So I met up with Kelly and he produced it and then I had it mixed by a guy in Africa and it just kind of, mm. it just kind of came together. I guess it was, you know, just a passion project, I guess, that I'm hoping to mm. uh, advance on the momentum of. Yeah. 
And you mentioned that you got it mixed by a guy in Africa. Has this last year perhaps made your collaborations maybe open to a lot of people around the world because you would have been working online with people anyway for a lot of right. the year? Um, I, I would say so. It's it's mm. definitely part of that because obviously, especially last year, everybody was just home. Yeah. Um it, it was also a mix for me where I'm, so, I'm so, how do I word this? I'm starting to realize that I can use the internet to find better people than my friends to do things. Like, you know, I could, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm being facetious, but like if I could pay somebody professional money to send it out to a real studio to mix and master it, it'd be better than me trying to do it myself on GarageBand. Yeah, that's for sure. It's always great <laughs> to have a professional involved. Yeah definitely helped it, it, it there's a i mean you can hear it too from album one to album two <laughs> especially i literally recorded my um i did an unplugged ep in 2016 that was i literally took an acoustic guitar and recorded directly into garage band and that was that was the whole thing i, I tried to yeah. mix it myself and it's i like the songs but the sound is what it is and it's <laughs> what it is is not that great <laughs> um, yeah but there's there's a huge jump in sound quality from record one to record two, uh, just because they, I don't know what they do. I, I I wish I could teach myself and figure out what what knobs these people are twiddling to make this sound <laughs> so much better than what it was. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. And when did you start this? Because has this album been affected much by COVID, or did you start it before the pandemic, or how has it all worked in these times? Um, well, it was like I said, it was um recorded pretty much together, not together, but within a really short span of the first record. Yeah. So um, I went in and did that one, the first one in the winter of eighteen, in the in the winter of nineteen, like you know, December, January. Um, and then I went back five, six months later, like May, June and recorded that whole summer doing the second record. Um, so that was actually done in 2019 and I sat on it for a year because I was actually, this is my, I'm going to go off on a tangent here, but one of my, Mm. one of my biggest issues that I have as far as, um, what I would change about the music is I don't have a drummer. I record everything myself. I do all the lyrics and the, and the bass and the lead guitars and all that. Um, and then I don't, I don't know how to play drums and I also don't know how to record them. So the, these two records don't have any drums on them. And, um, Mm. so for literally a year, I was sitting on this record trying to essentially figure out if there was going to be a way that I could have somebody record drums over it and do something and mix it properly. It got, I had a person mixing it before that the deadline got pushed back at, at least six times. So eventually it was like, you know what, let's, let's see what Google has to say for when we're going to send this out. And um, there, I would say it wasn't so much COVID and the lockdowns and everything that pushed it off as much as just a little hesitation for me to finally say this is the finished product and some production delays that ultimately were solved by, you know, Google searching, mixing and mastering professionals. Yeah. So I take it you hired a drummer from the online world in the end i yeah i tried to Uh, i mean i made i made two mistakes um one i tried to go cheap (laughs) and and that that gets you what it gets you um Mm. and the other problem that i have is when i record the way that i do it i'll 
I'll, uh, I don't really record to a metronome or anything like that. I mm-hmm. kind of just, I know what the, I mean, I write the song in advance, so I know what it's going to yeah. be. And then I'll sit there with an acoustic or an electric guitar or a bass and whichever one I think is going to be uh, a solid, I call it a skeleton where you play all the way through in that one and then stack everything else on top of it. Mm. So it's not really recorded I don't want to say in time because it's, it's played to what I'm trying to make it, but it's not something where a drummer can sit down with like a click track in their ear and like, okay, this is the part where it's four, four. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend, but what won't change needing health insurance, United healthcare, tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And then it switches over here. <laughs> so I, I tried to get somebody to come in and there'd be like little transitions in the speed that I'm strumming on the guitar. And all of a sudden the drums are just like getting a little bit and then a little bit more and a little bit more out of rhythm. And it just hmm. derailed the whole momentum of where the rhythm was supposed to be building to which and that's not even so much the drummer's fault as much as just i mean i just didn't record it you know correctly i guess if that's the right word yeah and it's difficult to tell i suppose if you record something Mm -hmm. without drums whether drums will actually improve it it might be better without them after all yeah yeah i would i would say so um that's that's definitely something that frustrates me too is the fact that yeah. basically to the same point that you're making is if there's songs that don't necessarily get made better by drums there's somewhere they almost define the mood or the energy of where it's going like you could have hmm. you could have a riff going a certain speed and then it'll kick into something else and depending on 
the type of rhythm that the drummer decides to go with along with it, it can almost set the whole heaviness or melodic quality of what's going on around it. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate that it's, it's a piece mm-hmm. that I'm missing, but that's, that's a lot. I mean, I have like 40 new songs already written, so I'm hoping, yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping to get a drummer involved on this next one. Yeah. And how has COVID affected your music overall? Have you kind of previously done live gigs that have been cut back in this last year? Um, I, I don't know if I can take credit for this, but I was a little bit ahead of the curve on the live streams because I, I used to do, I mean, I've been doing Facebook live streams since I think 2016, which I know I'm not saying people did that before. Like I I was the first one to do that. Obviously they invented (laughs) the thing because people were doing it, but it obviously became a staple in 2020, early 2021. Yeah. Um, So luckily I sort of had a built-in audience a little bit with it. I mean, I'm not not a huge audience or anything, but it was the fact that it wasn't this random thing I was trying to start up. Um, And I definitely, I mean, some shows got, you know, cut back because bars for a long time weren't even open. Hmm. But I mean, I I was, I I don't really think I lost any momentum as far Hmm. like from even, even playing live for the number of shows I was doing. I was also going to school, so it was it was pretty easy to. I mean, I didn't go to school at the end of it when they shut everything down, but yeah. um, right up until that, I was sort of in an environment where it wasn't that difficult to be around musical things happening, even though there wasn't necessarily like big gatherings going on. Yeah, and I think a lot of people feel the same way that you do about the live streams because there were lots of people that were working from home anyway, and then right. last year loads of other people joined them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it became a huge thing. I. Yeah. That's definitely something I want to try and upgrade more over time. I actually bought new microphones and stuff to uh, get Ooh. good audio quality. But there, some of those guys were getting really inventive with it. They would do like, <laughs> I, I don't know what the, what the Adobe program is called, but whichever one gives you like effects in the background and stuff, it's oh. almost, it's not Photoshop, but it's a, a premiere. Maybe it doesn't matter, but they'll do like, they have, it's almost like they're doing a music video with their live stream. Like it's professional audio quality and the video is really solid. It, yeah. It's definitely something that's, uh, I, I don't want to say completely the wave of the future, but if you do it right, it's definitely potential to bring in a lot of new audience. Yeah. And how do you feel about the live stream experience for the fans? Because I've asked people before, and it's kind of 50-50 what people think. Some are like, it's not the same as actually mm. being there. And others are like, well, we have to do something if we're locked down to keep us right. entertained. So do you feel that it's still a great experience for fans to watch their favourite musician, even if they're not there in person? Well, I mean, I guess I would agree with, with both of those. I mean, I, I would definitely mm. go to a concert hands down before watching a live stream if I had the option yeah. to do both. But I think it also probably depends on how well you do it. Like, I, I know... Mm. Metallica is an example. They they were doing Metallica Mondays, and that was really successful. But they yeah. they also were kind of doing a twist on it, where they it, sometimes it was old shows, or they would do like a random acoustic version of something. Where 
because it's this stripped back setting, you can kind of experiment a little bit with what you're going to do. Not that you can't do that on stage, but it's, it's just something different. Um, so it's, I, I don't, I don't think it's something where it's very cut and dry that you should just be doing one or the other. If you play live shows, that's great. You get your fans out there or Mm. there's more people on, I think I said this to another guy in an interview the other week, but there's more people on Facebook, to, uh, dead people on Facebook today than there were on planet earth in the 1800s. <laughs> wow. So there's, there's a decent chance to uh, find a new fan base. You know, if you, mm. if you really make a professional product. Yeah, that's for sure. So let's just go right back to the start at this point. And mm-hmm. how did you first get into music when you were younger? Um, God, I go probably all the way back to when I was a baby. This is going to sound like an exaggeration, <laughs> but um, my my dad pumped me full of that as a kid. Um, yeah. I I got put to sleep in the cradle as a baby with like thrash metal and stuff like that. Just <laughs> probably why I'm so wacky now. But yeah. um, I I just grew up with it all the time. Like I have I have memories all the way back to preschool. I was four years old, um, or three, whatever I was. Uh, hitting a xylophone, like trying to get the other preschoolers around me to like start a band. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like hitting the xylophone with no idea what to do. Like, wow, this is this does not sound like the albums I hear in my dad's truck. This is bad. <laughs> like, I got to <laughs> I got to practice. So mm. it's it's definitely always, I guess, just been in me. Um, mm. I, uh, I, I would just say I got lucky and just kind of found one of the passions that I want to pursue at a really young age. Yeah, absolutely. Music is something that I think is in a lot of people's lives, especially when they're growing up, it's all around them. What sort of person do you think it Mm. takes to actually pursue music rather than just listening and enjoying it? Well, they got to be a mix of stubborn, a little naive, (laughs) and a little bit crazy, probably. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And very lucky if they if they actually manage to get any level of success. Um, I it's definitely all types of people because you can get people like me where I know I'm trying to play five different instruments to get an album out there, and it's it's about the sonic textures and the emotions that I get out of the stuff that I'm physically creating. Whereas you can have someone else that has that exact same level of passion, but they're sitting there plugging away with knobs on a, on a MIDI keyboard and they just want to make something that makes people move. It's, it's, it's hard to, I guess, define what would make people want to pursue it. I would think it's, it's a mix of just really feeling it and somehow convincing yourself that you can do it. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Well, do you have any more songs and albums on the way that you're thinking of releasing soon or in the next few years? Uh, so I have been writing. I, I've been planning on doing a piano EP, like three, four songs for a good year and a half now. But just yeah. actually that kind of got put on the back burner because of COVID. Um, cause I haven't really even had access to a full piano to record, <laughs> but, um, so that that'll be out at some point. I'm, I think I'm going to call that one black and white, super creative, inventive name. But yeah. uh, I also I got to decide how I'm going to do releases for this next one, because I have, um, like I said, I think I'm up to like 40 songs now that are almost done being written. Wow. So I'm probably just going to go into a studio, record as many of them as I can and either release a double album with a bunch of songs or I've even thought about doing something where i just keep writing and i'll have something ridiculous like 100 200 songs that are fully done (laughs) and with the 
sites that you use now to put stuff online, like Spotify, you can schedule it like very far in advance. So I could, if I, let's say I recorded a hundred songs and broke them up, you know, into 10, 10 song albums, I could have something released in 2045 that just, yeah. just because, you know, I could be dead and just have albums coming out in the year 2200, yeah. just because if the internet still exists. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, like, <laughs> if you died like 50 years before, people would think his spirit is still alive. <laughs> He's still releasing music. Yeah. Yeah. They have like this, you get like, like a call following something like he's got to come out with another one we're just we're looking for the signals in the songs <laughs> give him like easter eggs or something for when the next one's gonna come out yeah just release loads of songs called like i'm alive um... <laughs> still kicking <laughs> <laughs> yeah well where are we able to check out all the music that you have released so far uh best place i would say is spotify if you don't have that i mean it's if you just type in fixed fate it should come up um i think icarus is the suggested recommended track or album um it's on all streaming platforms so i mean even if you're trying to get it for free i know that i use DistroKid. they're just a good aggregator that puts it on 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 all geez i'm getting tongue twisted here on all the websites uh and i mean you can go to youtube too that's i i haven't really pushed youtube just for whatever reason i just never really yeah. took the time to go on there so i would i would recommend spotify apple music uh if you're a title user the 12 people that use that <laughs> yeah and are you yourself or the band on any kind of social media or have a website where we can find you yeah yeah uh well there's fixedfate.com that's just sort of a yeah. general landing page that uh I, I really want to get a new website built, but that's that'll be down the road. I'll get sweatshirts made and whatnot. But to actually answer yeah. your question, there's fixedfade.com. <laughs> and uh, if you, for some reason, feel that I was interesting enough to add me on Facebook, I do live streams there, but uh, it's just John Bassett and mm. it should come up. Great. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show today. It's been great having you here. Oh, thanks for having me, man. It was fun. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. Hey! Yeah, yeah. Hey! 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 Hey
The throbbing pulse of sound, the Toby Gribbon Show.